That's the sound of the coffee pouring. Welcome to the Doctor's Brew. I'm your host, Dr. Abdelaziz Al Khayyab, and joining us today for coffee is Dr. Khalid Al Azmi. Hello, hi. Uh, so, now before we get into our discussion and topic of the day, which is uh, living and studying and working abroad in the UK as a medic, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about our coffee. What are we drinking today? So, we have a brand new setup here at the Doctor's Brew. Uh, we're uh, brewing with a mocha master now, and uh, today's coffee is from HMC. Uh, we are drinking the Taro Ethiopia blend. Uh, let's see the notes here. It's Earl Grey, Hazelnut, Blood Orange. Now, uh, a crime that I'm committing against most coffee drinkers, I like to uh, put a little bit of milk with my coffee. Mm. And it's delicious. I love it. Stay caffeinated, everybody. Uh, Dr. Khalid, how, what do you think? It's actually a really good uh, coffee, to be honest. There we go. HMC, you're doing a great job. Um, so, just to know, going forward, I'm going to refer to uh, Dr. Khalid Al-Azmi as Khalid because it feels awkward to me because uh, we've yes. been studying <laughs> together for years. <laughs> um, Khalid uh, was with me in Manchester. Uh, he studied there. Uh, we were there for how many years? Six years? Yes, six years. Six years. And, uh, you know... Uh, Decent portion, if not majority, of Kuwaiti medical students studying abroad in, uh, are in the UK. Um, like our family medicine board in, the, in Kuwait has recently been recognized by the Royal College of uh, GPs in the UK. There's a strong link between Kuwait and the UK for medicine. That's undeniable. Yeah. But many medical students and young doctors, myself included, are surprised for better or for worse for what awaits them there. Which is why I wanted to bring uh, Khaled along with us because one thing that was unique in his experience in Manchester was that he was placed in Preston, which yes. was a farther away uh, city, right? Yeah, it was, it was quite far. It was around an hour away from Manchester. One hour away, yeah. yeah. So it's not like you could just live there and, uh, you know, and uh, still commute back and forth yeah. to Manchester. So I think he has a unique perspective on to, you know, as to his uh, life in the UK. And uh, I think this is going to be extremely beneficial for young medical students and doctors who are going to go and work there. Yeah, I hope I hope actually like give some perspective into both living to in a big city and a smaller one. Now, before we really delve into things, let's ease in here. Uh, did you like living in the UK? <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> that part. Um, yeah, in general, it was a good experience. Mm. Uh, like you know, six years. So obviously, you have you had some you had some good and bad times there. But on the whole, would you say that you felt that place was home for you or no? Not really, to be honest. Like home is home. Like you can't have another place that feels like home. Mm. Like uh, you still feel like uh, you're not, you don't belong there. To be honest. I, I have to agree. For me, like it, it never truly was the smoothest of landings and transitions there, you know? Yeah. But overall, would you say that you regret going? No, not really. Uh, actually, like, uh, if, I look at, uh, if I look at the bigger picture, mm -hmm. it's a positive experience there. I got a lot out of it. But do you think it's for everybody? Uh, I don't think so, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Like, you have to have a certain type of personality or uh, characteristics. You think so? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, it's for everyone. Yeah, I think uh, that's one thing, you know, a lot of people think that everybody should be going to study abroad. And I really don't think so either. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing that I really want to get into with you here is about geographical and cultural issues that you faced. 
Uh, first, let's delve into Preston. Yeah. The reality is that when you go to the UK to study, you're not necessarily based in the place that you're going to be at, right? Yeah. Can you t- uh, talk to us a little bit about that? So as you mentioned, I'm a University of Manchester graduate. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was accepted in the scholarship, I chose to go to Manchester as a big, t- as a big city and the city that's known for it to be good, a good city for students and especially Kuwait students. Population is big there. And then, uh, you know, the program is designed into like uh, two preclinical years and then three clinical years where you get placed in a hospital. My first uh, three years were in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And then you get randomly allocated uh, in one of the four uh, hospitals. Three of them are in Manchester or near Manchester. You can live in Manchester. And then my hospital was uh, an hour away. And you get the result of where you're allocated, I think, by first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, first year. So it was actually a bit of a shock to me that uh, I chose to go to Manchester, but now I have to move out of Manchester and relocate in Preston, which is it's actually a new city. It, uh, it was named a city in 2012. Before that, it was a town. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. So you can imagine. You know, I actually made fun of a few of my British friends because the, the concept of a town, we don't have those in Kuwait. Like, what's a town? Well, t- I don't have the definition, but somewhere <laughs> you don't want to live. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, so that's 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 a good point about how you get ended. You get you end up being placed in a place that is not necessarily where you were expecting. Yeah. Uh, how was the shock for you? Well, uh, obviously, f- the process of choosing the city from wh- when you were in Kuwait, mm-hmm. you obviously choose the city because you want to go there, study there. You know the city. You're familiar with the people there. Mm-hmm your comfort zone before going there, I asked a lot of people, where should I go? I was honestly between Nottingham and uh, Manchester, uh, but I ended up in Manchester because I knew a couple of friends there. So you go there because you want to be around your friends. And then suddenly you get moved away. Thrown at a random place. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, for me, I remember always being shocked and confused as to how they can be able to throw us there because, correct me if I'm wrong, this is not communicated to us Kuwaiti students in terms of the betha, right? No, no. Yeah. They d- you, you'll never hear about it until you're there, actually. Mm. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a sudden it's a shock. Now, do you think this is something that should continue to be hidden from people? No, I don't think so. Like, you need to be ready. You need to be ready and realize that you might not live there. You mm. might be moved away from the city you chose to go to. Because it will help you t- in taking decisions. So, okay, imagine me right now. I'm a younger cousin of yours. Yeah. I'm about to go study in the UK. Yeah. And I just told you that I got accepted into Manchester. Yeah. What are you going to warn me geographically for me to be, like, what should I expect going in there? In Manchester. Manchester. Manchester itself, as you know, is a multicultural uh, place. So Mm -hmm. you don't actually feel like you're an outcast or you don't belong into the community. There's a a group of, like, a huge community of Asians and... uh, a mixed community, so you don't, you don't feel like you're an outcast. But Preston, not many like people around in general. Mm-hmm. Like it's a small, small. I still call it a town. You don't have uh, much to do. So you need. I need to. I need my cousin to understand that uh, you might be relocated to somewhere else and be ready with any consequences, like or any things that can that can come across you, because it's a six years journey can't uh, be like uh, midway no i don't want to continue yeah and okay so you got place in preston yeah. moving around though was it by bus taxi 
Well, uh, Preston is quite small, so most of the time we'd walk around. And then uh, to uh, for every day to the hospital, I used to take the bus, which is around 25 minutes. 25 uh, minutes on the bus? Yeah, mm-hmm. 25 minutes with the, all the students. Because, you know, schools uh, start with us at mm-hmm. the same time as us. Yeah. So we'll have students with you, and uh, the environment is not the best environment in the bus. See, for me, I, I eventually found the need to drive there because I was in Salford, which again is out of Manchester, yeah. but it's only about 15 minutes away. So it's like, okay, kind of yeah. still within the same geographical region. But the reason why I needed to drive was how do I get there? If for me to get there, I needed to either have a ride with a friend or I'd have to take a specific bus, which might be late. I had to take maybe two of them. And then the, n- the next part is the placements. For, yeah. pl- for Preston, were your placements sometimes out of Preston? Uh, no, we had two hospitals, mainly two. The Preston Royal Hospital, mm-hmm. which is most of our placements are in and our rotations. And then we have uh, another one, uh, it's called Chorley Hospital, mm-hmm. which is the opposite direction of Preston. So so it's 50, 25 minutes away from my uh, where I live, my apartment, but 50 minutes away from the hospital, the main hospital. So then how did you get there? I lived in the middle, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still I still use the bus for both of them. So, but would you say that you need to drive? Well, uh, to be honest, uh, depends. Mm-hmm. Depends. Uh, how, how, like, why do you want to drive? Like, is it just for the uh, hospital itself? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to commute, go to other uh, visit your friends in other uh, cities, because as you know, sometimes trains uh, like you have your last train is at ten or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to stay longer times with your friends, you need to uh, you need to have a car. And uh, were you I'm, well? Not you. I mean, was anybody able to live in Manchester and commute to Preston? Well, uh, yeah, uh, your close friend. You know that uh, in the oh, final yeah. year, <laughs> he lived there in uh, Manchester and yeah. was commuting every day to Preston. But it, it really affects your attendance. Like you need to be there by eight or eight thirty. I think uh, it's. Uh, you can't sleep. You can't get enough sleep. You yeah. have to wake up earlier, and then you need to commute back. And uh, I don't think it's worth the hassle. It's it's a hassle, and you know yeah. another thing. It's a financial burden. Yes, it is indeed. Especially also with parking. I don't know about the issue with parking, but uh, what I see from the hospital, the other uh, students or the British students are struggling with parking. Mm-hmm. So why why would I uh, overthink that before in the morning if I visit? Uh, will I find the parking or not? Just use the bus and then. Exactly. Yeah. Now. Bearing in mind this ge- geographical shock, do you think that if you knew this before, before going to Manchester, yeah. this would have affected your decision? Um, not necessarily, but just, uh, just in general, I I didn't want to go to the UK. So in general, the UK, I feel like I, I had to go to the UK. I didn't have a choice because I wanted to go to the US, and I did uh, three SAT exams to get to the US. And then my final year during high school, I chose to go to the UK. Oh, that's so in general, you're saying this because this was exactly my experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in general, in general, uh, going to the UK wasn't my first choice. So I was ready for any, you know, when you go there with a really bad mindset, bad <laughs> thoughts. You know, you know, uh, the worst. You already expected the worst, so didn't matter much to me. I get you, but for me, I think definitely if I knew about the geographical location issue, this would have had an impact on where I go. Especially because uh, the UK is not exactly like the US. It's, yeah. 
how can I put it? There's a lot more rural areas that you're going to be exposed to. Yeah. Um, how did you feel in those? Because Preston, it's not rural, but I mean, for a Kuwaiti student like us yeah, going is. there. For us, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, uh, as you mentioned, it's different than the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, the people, you know, the people, like, uh, I feel like, to be honest, like, uh, not to offend anyone, but I do feel like Americans are way more friendlier. Mm. Yeah, they're way more friendlier. It's easier to talk to. So I'm going to make this a real. Uh, Dr. Khalid Al-Azmi thinks Americans are friendlier. We're going to cut this and just put it on a loop. And then uh, let's see if you can get a visa to the States. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah. I see the sweat. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they're friendlier. They're easier to talk to. But uh, when it comes to, uh, like, many Kuwait students are afraid of going to abroad is uh, racism or something like that. Mm. Or will they be looked at? How will they be viewed? I don't think, uh, I personally didn't re- feel like uh, I was an outcast or someone didn't like me because of my skin color or my accent or whatever. I feel like they were very friendly, like in general, uh, British people. And I have to say, I think uh, as a whole, uh, the fact that we have a very strong Arab and even stronger Kuwaiti community there, that definitely does make a difference. It does, it does. Uh, Like, uh, I don't know about you, Aziz, but for me, most of that my time, I interacted with uh, Arabs or Kuwaitis. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that uh, I don't like interacting with British, but we don't have like much in common. To be honest, like uh, we're living different lives, different uh, cultures, different. So my comfort zone was being around Kuwaitis. And just to add on that, to be around Kuwaitis who are not medics. (laughs) I think medics, (laughs) 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 I think being around medics uh, is stressful. They cause you anxiety. They're preparing for exams early, uh, like uh, very early for the exam. And like the whole depends who you ask. Well, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, uh, f- uh, I don't. I don't like thinking about studying. So, like to be around people who encourage me not to study, instead of encourage me to study. That's the really. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But okay, let me challenge you on this point though, uh, culturally. So you mentioned that a lot of your interactions and friends, which the high majority of us Kuwaiti students, this was our experience as well. Yeah. Were Kuwaitis or Arabs, correct? Yeah. Now. Do you think to an extent this is depriving you of the experience of studying abroad? Because one of the benefits of us Kuwaiti students going abroad and studying there is that it gives us um, an exposure to foreign cultures, which yeah. aids in our medical practice, yeah, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that this dampened that experience? Well, uh, not really. Like My goal uh, from studying in the UK is to be a good doctor. I didn't go there to take uh, from the culture, or uh, so it doesn't matter to me. I was there to become a good doctor, and my uh, uh, literally I can do whatever I want. Just the end result is to be to be a good doctor. So the people I interact with, uh, uh, I interact with people to be comf- uh, people I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Kuwaiti students uh, are the students I'm comfortable with. It's just because we don't have anything in common uh, with the British students. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah. I have to say, as a whole, they were very welcoming and nice. They were. Yeah, yeah they were. Uh, they were, and uh, they had good events and mm-hmm. activities they do, and they'd invite us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in general, like, uh, also, I don't want to speak English all day, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, on culturally, though, did you have any issues in practicing there? Practicing there. Yeah, as like in uh, rotations. Yeah, I mean, technically, you weren't a doctor there. Yeah. But yeah. we were very much part of the medical team, yeah. and we had clinical rotations there. Yeah. 
Well, uh, to be honest, uh, I think fear of any medical student, whether in Kuwait or in the UK, is n not to feel welcomed by patients. Like, Definitely. Yeah, you don't want to go talk to the patient and be like, I'm a medical student, and they'll be like, no, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to talk to you. Mm. I didn't face that at all in the yeah. UK. In all six years, I felt welcomed, mm. and everyone was willing to talk and uh, was very helpful. Um, the only thing um, I struggle sometimes with is, you know, when you're in Preston, sometimes you hear some slang words that I've never heard of before. Yes. Yeah. After Too all, times. like it's a silly word, but uh, I graduated from an American school, so Fortnite, the word Fortnite is new to me. So I remember I was talking to a patient, he's like, Fortnite and Fortnite. I kept going on Fortnite, I go, Fortnite. And I was like, what's wrong with this guy? He's playing Fortnite at 70 year old. What I realized is he meant two weeks ago. Yeah. So it's a new word to me. What well, about stones? Yeah. So it's uh, mm -hmm. also the word uh, knackered. I remember one of the students was like, you look knackered today. But I was like, what did he mean by knackered? He means like you you're tired today. So it's just those words. Mm. Sometimes you, you don't understand them. I'll tell you on that note. Um, so you know how the, a lot of the British people, they say, uh, you're right to mean, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time that I ever heard that, someone looked at me and he goes, you're right. And I just looked at him. I'm like, is, is he saying, am I okay? I thought I thought something was wrong with me. Yeah. yeah I, exactly. thought I was genuinely concerned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, especially when you go to order something, they don't ask you, what do you want? Like, you're right. Okay. I'm all right, but I want to order now. So especially when you go order for a coffee or something. <laughs> My poor mother, when she would come visit me in the UK, she'd actually take me around uh, to translate for her when yeah. people would speak to her. Yeah. Because she couldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. You, like at the beginning, you don't understand anything. No, 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 you don't. Yeah. It, it, it definitely takes some time. Yeah, it does. It does, definitely. But do you think that there was, um, for especially for students who maybe don't speak as well of English, do you think that there was an issue communication-wise in the hospital? Um, well, uh, if you look at the people like who graduated from University of Manchester, most of us are uh, are students who graduate who came from American sto sure. schools or British schools. So I think in general, especially in medicine, you need to have a really good. Uh, you need to be able to speak English really good. Like yeah, even in Kuwait. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, uh, but in Kuwait, if you take history, it's like you'll be talking in uh, in Arabic. But there, uh, your, uh, your history, your everyday to day life is in English. You need to be a good English speaker. Like, I, I truly believe it affects you. It affects you a lot, especially in OSCEs, because you will stand out between all the British students, w someone who couldn't get the right uh, questions or right answers from the patients, especially if you're talking in about things that, are, uh, that need a lot of talking, like ethics stations. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to ask the right questions without offending uh, uh, the patient. And do you know anyone who, you know, struggled with this? Well, I, I know, I do know people that struggled with this, especially uh, uh, like uh, some, some of them, when they do struggle, they prepare what to say in the station. But in reality, you know that in OSCEs, you can't prepare. You don't know what the question, what question the uh, patient will ask you. So I think you do struggle, especially uh, it's mostly with the sensitive topics. Some things we say are not offensive to us, yeah. but when you translate them directly into English, it might sound offensive. Did you struggle um, coming back and switching from English in the hospital to Arabic? No, I, I honestly struggled at first with English in OSCE stations, 
Oh, so not the reverse. Coming yeah, back. I okay. struggled with showing, uh, like in OSCE stations, they ask you to show empathy a lot. Mm. I struggled to show empathy in OSCE stations. So you struggled to sh- uh, show empathy? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good sign of being a doctor. Yeah. Well, I struggled to show empathy in English. In, okay, in English, interesting. Because it's different. Like uh, in Arabic, like, you can say different things. But in English, uh, you don't know who you're speaking to. You can't bring up uh, God. You can't bring, like, uh, it's showing empathy. And you can't just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're going through this. I'm sorry. Okay, well, change. <laughs> it changed the term. <laughs> yeah, it changes. Yeah, like, uh, it's just showing empathy. This needs a really good English speaker, someone who speaks a lot of English, interacts with people on a daily basis, and shows empathy to other people in English. Cause Let me twist it a little bit for you. Do you think that this struggle of yours that you had, uh, because you struggled to go from Arabic to English and showing empathy. Yeah. Now, there's moments in Kuwait where we have patients who don't necessarily speak English. Yeah. Do yeah. you think that having that experience in Manchester made you better prepared here in Kuwait for those situations? Yeah. Well, to be honest, uh, well, obviously, Arabic is my first language, so yeah. I didn't struggle with showing empathy in Arabic because mm-hmm. uh, it's way easier. It's way easier to show empathy in Arabic. Like, we all know the words. we all been speaking in Arabic every day, so we know how to show empathy in Arabic and the words we use, like, like different things. You can use different phrases. But in, in English, uh, to be honest, I personally don't know, except I'm sorry to hear that. But That's what if it. you can't use English or Arabic? You can't use English or Arabic. Yeah, so let's say you have a patient who's coming here in uh, Amiri or wherever, yeah. and they don't speak uh, Arabic or English. I, You know, I once had an Italian woman yeah. in Amiri, and she just kept speaking to me in Italian. I kept telling her, I don't understand, and she just spoke more Italian. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, in yeah. that situation, yeah. how do you communicate? I think showing empathy is not just in the words you choose, mm. physically or body language. Uh, like, uh, it's more than one aspect of showing empathy. Like uh, your tone also, like you can't be shouting at the patients while showing empathy. Mm. Like your tone, mimicking their tone, your body language. So it's not just the words you use. But obviously for OSCE reasons, they want everything. They want your body language, your tone, the words you use, and you can't repeat words. So. Uh, now, circling to OSCEs and uh, your clinical rotations, did you feel accepted in the hospital? Yes, definitely. I felt very accepted, very welcome. By patients welcome. and staff? By patients and staff. Mm. They're very welcoming and uh, I didn't have any bad experiences with anyone in the UK, whether it's a nurse or a, a staff or a secretary or a doctor or a medical student. So that's definitely a pro of the UK then? Yeah, yeah. I think they're very fair there. So geographically, maybe some cons, but at least on the other hand, um, you're, go- you're not going to be struggling to work on the wards to interact with no. people generally speaking no, no uh, it might be because we came from manchester we studied in manchester i think because mm. manchester has a lot of asian students or students that look like us and speak the way we do i think that might help but i'm not sure about other students who are in let's say in glasgow or in other uh, places that the majority are uh, white british people mm. now do you know if uh, students uh, spe- like kuwaiti students placed in other uh, like glasgow if, uh, london other cities, did they have the same geographical issues where their placements are not necessarily lined up with where they're living? I think uh, I think uh, most of the universities are this way, because I know when I was in Preston, I met people in uh, UCLan, hmm. which is the university in Preston. Uh, it has a medical school, and they were placed uh, quite far, like two hours away. 
fantastic. Two hours? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they struggled also with that. Well, you know, this is the, the way that the NHS works. Yeah. When you go to foundation year, you apply to a region. Yeah, exactly. You don't necessarily uh, apply to a specific hospital. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, what, what did you think of the NHS? Well, the NHS, to be honest, uh, well, um, first of all, it's very similar to the UK. The structure, how it's structured. It's similar to where? Uh, Kuwait, sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the way it's uh, structured, like you, you see there we have uh, primary care or GP. Mm. Same way here, and then you get referred to the hospital. So, in general, it's uh, very similar. And both are uh, free health uh, care systems. Um, but the NHS, I feel like, is very organized. I like the way it's organized, like where you have a two-week referral rule, where they work exactly with the two-week referral, and uh, everything is very organized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think they always they always complain of shortage, but I think uh, I think we have shortage here in Kuwait, not there. Uh, what do you mean? Like I think the short uh, like if you go there, you hear the doctors in the UK they complain of uh, being understaffed. Yeah. Or there is shortage, but I think uh, their ratio to patients. Is better than ours here uh, in Kuwait. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. I I I was under the opposite impression. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I feel like here we're understaffed. I I believe we're understaffed. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, across the board, like uh, nurses, doctors, everything, or just doctors? I believe mostly nursing staff. Mm. Nursing staff. Yeah. Mm. I think the ratio nursing to patients definitely. in Kuwait uh, is not the best. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree. And it does impact our practice. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, good nursing care is something that is so essential. You know, studies have shown that nursing care is more essential to patient outcomes than um, uh, doctor care. It does. It does make sense because mm-hmm. they have most of the uh, interaction with the patient. True, true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that's definitely a plus of the NHS uh, in terms of nursing. Uh, honestly, a shout out to them because they are really good nurses. Yeah. Really, really good nurses. Um, now, would you, on the whole, say that the NHS is better or worse than Kuwait? Well, um, it's it's not a fair comparison, to be honest. You know why? Because mm-hmm. UK is way older than us. It's been a country for so long, um, and we're uh, we're a new country. We're like we've been around from True. yeah, compared to the UK, obviously. So their system and they're used to um, having administrations and big uh, uh, dealing with the big uh, communities and uh, populations. So I think uh, they're better in organization. Uh, we need just uh, we could improve our organization here, like the whole administration and how things flow. Uh, I'm I'd I'd agree um, definitely and I you know I've actually heard somewhere I don't know where exactly so don't quote me on this and if for any of our viewers out there if I'm correct or incorrect please do comment and or send send us a text a DM or something to comment on this but I believe Kuwait's medical system was based upon in its in its foundation based upon the NHS. Yeah. To be honest, it makes sense because uh, if, if you remember how things are in the, uh, in the NHS, they're mm-hmm. very similar to here in the UK. Mm. They're very similar. And um, yeah, I think it's quite similar. Uh, we have the same uh, the same uh, like pathway into, yeah. uh, into a clinic. Like mm. how, to, how do you get to a specialty clinic as a patient? It's the same pathway in the uh, UK and the US. And... Uh, I actually just realized we never said what NHS stands for. <laughs> National Health Service. Yeah. For anyone listening and you're a bit confused, it's uh, the healthcare system of the, the UK. Yeah, it's basically the public healthcare system mm-hmm. of the UK. 
Now, how do you feel about the current state of the NHS? Because I think the NHS on paper is uh, very excellent and amazing. Yeah. Uh, but how do you feel about the current state? Because it's something that I think we should bear in mind, especially if someone wants to go and specialize there right yeah. now, because they're going to work that system. Yeah. I just want to go back to your question, uh, mm. difference between, um, you mentioned Kuwait. I think we have really good doctors, like uh, extremely good doctors. So uh, the people like here are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the administration, the organization, how things flow. Like uh, the fact that we're still in some wars, we're using papers. I think that's electronic uh, and it's all mixed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, a downfall or things get lost easily. Mm. Yeah. So the main advantage of the NHS would be the administrative. Yeah. That's basically, I believe that. But with regards to members of uh, both sides, Kuwait and there, Mm. I think we have very good doctors. But uh, now, would you say all of this still stays true? Going back to uh, my next question is the current state of the NHS. Do you think this is true for the current state of the NHS, what we're talking about? Well, from what I saw, because I, I didn't try another uh, healthcare system, mm-hmm. I didn't try the NHS. From what I saw, I think it's it's working well. It's working well. Uh, they're giving patient care. Maybe they feel understaffed with regards to doctors, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Uh, they are uh, understaffed. Mm-hmm. I won't deny that, but not as understaffed as other other places in the world. Mm-hmm. So the state now, the NHS, maybe the salaries or the wages. Yeah, they're about to, they're voting on striking very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for what they do, I think they're not being paid uh, enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, about the NHS right now, I think we should definitely bear in mind, for anyone who wants to go and specialize there, because they recently opened the board with Kim's, right? Yeah. I think they should definitely bear in mind that there is right now a bit of a fight going on between the NHS and kind of the government or, I mean, workers on the government in the sense that they're trying to reform things. Yeah. This is not exactly cruise control time. Things are not at their baseline right now in the yeah, NHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not as stable as when we were there. Because uh, in general, the UK, like every sector of the UK is, being, is going on a strike now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, so COVID really came and uh, shattered yeah. everything for yeah. everyone. So it, it, it's definitely a shame. But yeah. what can we do? Do you think uh, your experience in the NHS made you a better doctor? Yes, especially when it comes to work ethics, punctuality. Like they're, uh, I'm really amazed with uh, how punctual they are there. Like when they say, so Kuwaitis are not as punctual. (laughs) 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 Like it depends on yourself, but I am talking about myself. Like if you give me time not to be, not to arrive. Like if you tell me eight to eight thirty, I'll arrive at eight thirty. But for them, they they're very good with that. I had a friend of mine the other day. We were meeting for coffee. And they told me, uh, right, so uh, I think it was like 5.30. They were like, okay, 5.30 British time or uh, Kuwaiti time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. (laughs) And then I said uh, British time and I was late, so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it it did did make me a better doctor with regards to the work ethics um, and uh, being punctual and uh, like in general uh, patient care. Like they do, they really care about their patients there. Yeah, I, and it definitely shows in the way that they carry themselves. And the the nice thing that I, I appreciate about the UK is that um, the way that people work there, um, it's not about the money. Yes, exactly. It's never about the money. Exactly. Like even if, let's say, they're, uh, they finish at five. Mm-hmm. Also, something for you guys to know that uh, their working hours there are way longer than Kuwait. That's actually really important to remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, so you need to put that in perspective when you go there, especially whether you're going for a speciality or uh, if 
long as a medical student, we usually work from 8 or 9 till 5 p.m. Yeah. So they're, uh, even if they're done at 5, they're some of them stay till 6 or 7, just complete their jobs. Yeah. 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 That was one of the things that I, I remember when deciding whether I should come back to Kuwait for my first year of training. Now the rules have changed, so everyone who's listening, like you need to double check with Kim's if that's allowed for you to do foundation year there, which is our trainee year. Yeah. Um, but I was exploring the, my options. Should I do my first year there? Should I do my first year here? One of the things I did have to bear in mind was thinking, right, so I want to, ultimately I want to uh, specialize abroad, and those need exams. There's not a lot of time when you're working there to be studying for those exams. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't especially with their own calls. Their own calls are longer than here. Really? Yes, I, don't know um, that. I remember I asked one of the doctors, he's like, I'm my th- on my 30th hour or something like that. So uh, it's definitely longer than here. But they do give you, after nights, they do give you the time off. Yes, mm-hmm. the day which off. I think is very reasonable. Yes. Uh, like, after handover, uh, every doctor should be able to go back home. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I also do like about the NHS, the way that things work there, there is a better work-life separation. People don't take their patients home with them. Yes. You know. Yes, exactly. Well, well, let's. I think what you said is right. Hey. I don't want to dwell on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to dwell on that. Okay. Uh, then you don't want to dwell on it, huh? Yeah. Let's dwell on it a bit. So, Dr. Maryam Al Fahad, she mentioned that this is a, a good a, a good thing that we take patients home because it improves outcomes. Um, uh, my personal opinion is that I think that if there's better organization, that's not necessarily that's not a necessity. Yes. I think maybe the way things are right now that is a necessity, but I think with some infrastructural change that might not be a necessity. Exactly. Like uh, after all, doctors are humans. We also have separate lives at home exactly. and uh, other. Uh, we have plans with people, things we want to do. Mm. We, there should be time once you're done from your job. No one should allow sh- should call you. You're done, unless you're on call, obviously. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, uh, you shouldn't be taking your uh, work life into your home, and then vice versa, your wor- home life into your work. I think uh, there should be separation, or it will affect, it will start affecting your mental uh, health. I definitely agree, and we talked about that in Dr. Ghanim Al Hashash's interview uh, with about wellness, because you do need that separation. Otherwise, you yes. you do lose it a bit. Um, drawing the subject back to um, the UK, we said in the beginning, who should do it? You said that it's not for everybody. Can you expand on that for me? Well, uh, first of all, it depends on what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. I'm talking specifically here about medical students. If you're going there to become a doctor, um, you need to understand, uh, like some people will be like, before going, they'll be like, uh, uh, is it tough or is it not? All medical students, uh, all, all medical schools are tough. But you also need to look at the city you're going to because the majority of your time is not in the university. It will be around people and uh, around uh, places you're going to. Mm-hmm. So you need to choose wisely the place, you're, the city you're going to, not the, just the university. Because that will affect your uh, mental health a lot. You need to find some time to go out and uh, like live your life apart from just studying. And uh, with regards to personality-wise, I think... Uh, you need to be someone who is able to stay away for uh, long periods of time from family and friends. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy. No, definitely not. Definitely not. You're not there on a vacation or a holiday. It's not two weeks or one month. It 
can go on for a year or six months uh, to start affecting you. Now, one thing um, in going to the UK is the weather. Yes. Who do you think, uh, this sounds trivial, but really it did affect me. Which people do you think should avoid the UK based solely off the weather? Well, basically, if you don't like rain, I think I know here Kuwait it'd be like yeah no we do like uh, rain and uh, it's quite no like there rain. it's too much yeah it's so much like uh, you wake up every morning you, you don't even you don't even think whether should I wear a jacket or not no you should wear a jacket and it's most likely raining so uh, I think it's uh, depressing because you can't uh, walk around uh, most of the time like uh, you'll be drenched in water so yeah I I got used to having my socks wet. Yeah, this was one exactly. experience for me is that I just kept having my socks wet the whole time because just raining twenty four seven. And for me, the sunshine also. You, I remember going into lectures. What was it like in the morning? And the the sun wasn't even out. It would just be cloud, but it wasn't pitch black. Yeah. You go in for lectures for four hours. You come out pitch black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's also true rem- uh, during winter times, mm-hmm. the sunrise and sunset time. Mm-hmm. You'd go in at night, not not night, but it will be. There is no sun or night time. Still, there is uh, before sunrise, and then you'd leave after sunset. Yeah, and for for some people, this is essential to their you know their mental health and the things that they want to do. Um, a lot of people, seasonal affective disorder is a serious, serious thing, yeah. and it affects a lot of people. And yeah. I'd say the high majority of the Kuwaiti students that were with me described having uh, some degree of seasonal affective disorder in the sense that at at the very least, their mood was changing during the winter times in the UK. Yeah, it definitely does, especially that when it's too cold to go outside, and then it's raining at the same time. So it's two things that will not allow you to go outside, or it will be struggle to go outside, mm-hmm. unless you just go for uh, just to eat or take out or whatever, and then go back to your uh, place. Now, for students, what student would you recommend you think they should be going abroad? First of all, if you get a choice whether to stay, in Kuwait or go outside. I always believe staying is better. Really? Yes. That's interesting. In general, I believe it's better. Because mm. um, abroad, uh, you will get somewhat, uh, like, let's be honest, I don't think there's a difference in knowledge-wise no. you'll gain, whether in Kuwait or abroad. Yeah. The only difference is probably the skills, the clinical skills. There you're more exposed, you're more encouraged to, to do mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they encourage you to uh, try, like, let's say, venipuncture on patients and uh, uh, obviously under supervision, but and uh, you're encouraged to make mistakes. I think that's... So they don't want you to just go and stab patients, huh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah, um, so if you get to choose whether to go abroad or not, in general, I believe Kuwait is better because, first of all, you don't have to worry about things, uh, that, like minor things, uh, around you, like for example, paying rent and doing stuff, your electricity, doing laundry and stuff like that. In Kuwait, you're just focused on your studies. Mm-hmm. Abroad, you need to focus on uh, other things uh, that might affect your uh, studying. But who do you think should be going abroad then? Because there's plenty of students that are going abroad. Yeah. Uh, people who are, uh, students who are able mm-hmm. to independently live. Like if you feel like you can independently live, live abroad, and do not need anyone, uh, I think that's good. But at the same time, you need to be able to have, uh, you need to be good at socializing because you can't live alone uh, for six years. Mm. You need to be able to socialize, make friends, or go as a group of friends. I think it does help you. I went to the UK with a group of friends, so I knew people 
around me because uh, after you know that Aziz after mm. maybe the first or second year you don't have time to make friends no you don't it's either you, really you don't. have the your friends from the beginning or and uh, may- maybe the hospital group you're with yes because that's y- it and it's essential for you to have people around you that encourage you and push you because it's not all uh, all days will be happy days and you're in the mood mm-hmm. and so you will have bad times and in the bad times you will need people around you especially family and uh, good friends who will push you forward i definitely agree and so what i'm getting the vibe from here is that the decision about as a student to go and study abroad is more based on your social skills and your you know your personal circumstances rather than you know maybe knowledge no Mm -hmm. i don't think knowledge uh, makes a difference let's say your knowledge is not the best Mm -hmm. you still have time to make it better uh, y- you have all the resources to be a better student. I don't think it has uh, uh, um, anything to do with knowledge. Mm-hmm. All of us uh, w- are able to uh, like uh, make ourselves better, so better when it comes to knowledge or uh, grades or scores or whatever. So I don't think it has to do with your skills or whatever. And what's the benefit for you? Like, what did you gain going and studying abroad versus staying here? Uh, to be honest, I feel I personally feel a difference in my s- clinical skills and my exposure uh, in the UK than people mm-hmm. who came from other places. Right. So I think it helped me a lot. My confidence, uh, my work ethics, being on time, uh, uh, my view and care of patients. Because uh, let's say if throughout the years you've been sy- systemized in a way where you don't take care of patients. Obviously, that that will be your result. The end product will you be a doctor who is not taking uh, w- care of his patients. So uh, that makes sense. It did give us resources. It teaches you how to, like from the UK, I learned how to make um, uh, make res- uh, do some research. Uh, like uh, mm-hmm, it sure. does give you the skills and the resources to improve yourself. It doesn't give you. Th- it doesn't spoon feed you. And overall, do you regret it? No, definitely not. Great. But if time goes back, I don't think I would go because I didn't feel a difference mm-hmm. in general in the bigger picture. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's that's uh, I appreciate the honest feedback there and the advice. Um, you know, this is the kind of thought process that people need to see, and I feel like I wish I had more of this thoughts. Uh, I was able to engage in this more yeah. before going abroad. Yeah, uh, but uh, also maybe because I experienced the UK. Mm. So uh, the UK might not be the best place to study. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that in the US it's better weather, better. Uh, True. Like uh, I think the US might be better. I think uh, the weather had a lot of impact yeah. in the way we view things. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And the working hours were quite long. So. Mm. Uh, but uh, but it's something very important students need to realize. Don't be like I don't need anyone. I'll just go focus on my. No, you d- you do need people there. It's. Uh, Human beings are social by nature. Yeah, you're not alone in this yeah. world. Yeah. So I used, I had a uh, like a, a really quite good, uh, like a big group of friends, mm. and uh, I had relatives there. So I used to spend a lot. Uh, I I don't think I stayed a weekend in Preston. Most of my weekends were in Manchester. Mm. Um, I had my friends there, and I also had my friends in Leeds. So um, you need to be around people. You need to be away from your uh, workplace or your study place. Now, the last thing that I want to touch up on here is that you're a trainee. You're thinking about specialty training, right? Yeah. Um, I think it'd be useful as a thought exercise. What are the thoughts running through your head right now in deciding whether you want to go to the UK to apply there 
for specialty training? What is kind of your pros and cons list? What's running mm, through yeah. your mind? Well, uh, the pros, obviously, that you'll get uh, good training. Yeah. The training programs are good. Um, uh, the cons, I think, um, I think I'm pretty sure it's longer than most places. The specialty there. Fairly sure too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, also the working hours, I need to put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you're someone who likes to do some research or uh, publish papers, I think uh, in Kuwait you have way more time. Or start podcasts. Or start like a, do or a side mm-hmm. business. Yeah. You have more time here in Kuwait. Um, you need to think about working hours. You need to think about uh, the environment you'll be working in. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a person who likes to socialize uh, with other non-Kuwaitis, because as a doctor there, you'll rarely find uh, uh, Kuwaitis, not as much as as a student. As a student, because mm-hmm. it's a huge community, we're like uh, maybe 700 students there, mm-hmm. as in general, like engineering and other uh, other majors. So you need to think about the work environment. Mm-hmm. You need to think about the weather is important. You need to think about uh, what do you want to do? Is it, do you want to do some research-based things and mm-hmm. uh, on the side, I think you ha- you need more t- uh, working. You need more time of work. Do you think maybe doing a rotation there, like a clinical elective or something, would help with? I definitely someone? recommend every single person mm. to do a rotation or an elective somewhere abroad. I definitely recommend it. Mm. I feel like it should be essential to every doctor who didn't try to work abroad or did anything abroad should try either in the UK or the US or Canada, wherever. I, I definitely agree. But, you know, sadly for us with COVID, I remember I was I had my elective. I was sorted. I was going to go to the States. And um, that got axed because of COVID. Yeah, sadly. well, yeah. COVID ruined a lot of things. So. <laughs> yeah. It's good that we're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, perfect. I mean, that, that you know, that's pretty much everything that i i wanted to ask this has been extremely extremely helpful yeah uh, i think uh, we've opened up your brain a little bit and i'm hoping that everyone can engage in your thought process as well and not and avoid making a mistake or or the exact opposite be inspired and go yeah if this is what you want well uh, t- to be honest as you said but also uh, people who are thinking of going abroad need to think that i'm talking from personal experience yeah or uh, uh, i might be biased True, but true. Uh, it's not a mistake, definitely. I do recommend going abroad, but uh, you need to think about every aspect of going abroad. It's not just the university. Mm-hmm. There is things other than the university. You need to think about the city. You need to think about the group of friends you're going with. You need to think about uh, your way Consider of Consider the life outside the hospital. Yes. It's yes. not just the hospital yes. or the university that you're exactly, going to. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. majority of your time won't be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So you need to put that in perspective. That's uh, that's perfect. Thank you so so much for coming on. Thank you, thank you for your invite, and I hope it was helpful for everyone. I'm a thousand percent sure that it was. Thank uh, now that's the last sip of coffee for the day, everyone. A final special thank you to our guest, and uh, yeah, tune again uh, next week for another episode. Uh, episodes every Sunday. That's a wrap. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Doctors Brew. New episodes to listen to with a cup of coffee coming your way every Sunday on YouTube and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates. See you next time.